Hello, here we are back online with another trigger proof transmission. What's up? If you have never met me before, it is always a pleasure to uh, guide. My name is Dr. Nima Romani. Um, if you haven't met me before, I'm a chiropractor, <laughs> retired chiropractor several years ago when I discovered that the reason why patients were coming to see me uh, for, was really for stress-related problems. And it wasn't until 10 years in I realized, ah, there are certain types of people that just don't get better. And how do I deal with them? My ego didn't like it. I got into chiropractic because I was, I thought to myself, this is the coolest thing. I had my first adjustment when I was 13 years old and I thought, wow, it's amazing how much more lighter and more powerful and more uh, grounded and centered uh, I feel. And um, I thought, you know, at the age of 13, I know exactly what I want to do. And um, I went all in with school to become a chiropractor because I thought, you know what, the things that my chiropractor could do with his hands, I was very impressed with how he could just move my spine and nervous system around and that would produce this incredible sense of, you know, I don't know, uh, sense of connection. And so I went all in. And so it wasn't until about 10 years in to practice when I started noticing patterns in relationships, in patients that would come in with chronic pain, chronic illnesses, chronic uh, fatigue, uh, they would get uh, diagnoses from, they'd have a file like this thick and they would come in and talk about their chronic pain and their fibromyalgia and their chronic fatigue and all of that stuff. And um, I just, it was weird. Uh, there was no resolution. There was no satisfactory resolution with this certain type of client. And then I, it's almost as, as though after being in that position for 10, 15 years, I was like, okay, it's like there's a personality profile to it. And I started seeing a link between chronic pain and codependency. I didn't know how to put my finger on it, but I could just see it. And right now it's kind of distracting. There's a dog who's my neighbor upstairs and the dog is on the patio and barking. And so it's, it's really distracting. So I apologize if you can hear it in the microphone. Let me know if, uh, let me know if you can, but it's not like I can do anything about it anyway. So um, this link between codependency and um, chronic pain. And there wasn't a lot of research in it. They, they didn't talk about it a lot. But until I started looking at the work of Dr. Gabor Maté, when he wrote the book, When the Body Says No, the cost of hidden stress. And I remember one of the chapters that he saw that I read and it just blew my mind. It said, is there a cancer personality? Is there a personality towards cancer? And I'm like, dude, this is a Canadian medical doctor who, by the way, his practice is literally like down the block from where I live. His practice was when he was practicing. If you've ever heard of Gabor Maté, you've watched the, um, documentary I highly recommend. It's called The Wisdom of Trauma. And I was like, damn, this guy's nailed it. <clears throat> and he talks about how medicine doesn't have very much to help people 
with these chronic chronic conditions. They just throw their hands up in the air and they go, you know, it's all in your head. And there's a element of truth to it. But essentially, if I could make a long story short, I just kept going upstream in this search to try to help these people. Simultaneously, I was going through a divorce and several failed relationships later. I didn't think that they, the two were connected. But in, in my efforts to help these people, I developed a methodology called the overview method. And I would start teaching it in my in workshop forms at um, in my office in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. And I would notice that the patients with chronic problems that came in and learned the overview method, which is a series of, it's a self-inquiry tool that takes you <clears throat> into your body. It's a top-down and a bottom-up approach to healing uh, attachment wounds, to creating a resolution with whatever's triggering you. Uh, you know, it's never about what it's about. You know, if you're arguing with your partner about them throwing the, their socks on the floor, it's not about that. It's about your childhood woundings where you didn't feel seen and heard and respected. And so it's kind of like that. And it goes back and it helps, helps, helps you go and kind of create a resolution with what the the actual trigger is about. In other words, using our triggers to connect to deeper self-love and deeper self-trust. And it, it, it's been developed over the past 10 years, but at the time, it was just a cognitive method based on a lot of the work that I was doing with Dr. John Martini and Byron Katie, more of self-inquiry and helping you reframe uh, and restructure certain stressful things so they're not stressful anymore. So whatever you think that is in the way is now on the way. And so to make a long story short, I, I got to say I, I got a lot more uh, fun and inspiration in teaching the, the overview method to people on the Saturday afternoons than I did in being in the office on Monday dealing with chronic problems that are usually the upstream problem is, is starts from unresolved attachment traumas, attachments to our primary caregivers that are unresolved. And so trauma, essentially, it all comes down to trauma. And the word trauma actually means injury. So it's kind of like emotional and not just physical injuries. We all know, you know, you break a leg or you, you know, uh, rupture your bicep tendon working out. These are physical traumas, physical abuse, that kind of trauma is, is there. But what I didn't understand at the time was how insidious trauma can be. It's very, very subtle and emotional wounding, prolonged, repeated over periods of time being told that never happened. Shut up. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, if you, you if you're crying, you know, stop crying, or I'll give you something to cry about. Children are to be seen, not heard. Spare the rod, spoil the child. These small t traumas, these attacks, they, it it kind of is like a it causes the child to rupture from the soul, and all trauma is a separation from self. So as children, when we experience these <clears throat> emotionally disturbing uh, situations, parents divorcing, parents arguing, ruptures and arguments that don't get resolved, what ends up happening is we, uh, we then, as children, we don't learn to hate our parents, we respond by hating ourselves. So it's a very, very insidious uh, experience, uh, trauma. I didn't really understand it, but I created this method to help these patients with chronic issues. So fast forward to a few years ago when 
my, uh, and I'm, I, I live in downtown Vancouver, by the way, so there's a lot of ambulances and everything going around. So um, I'm doing my best with all of these uh, distractions here. Um, let me give it a second here. I hope they're okay. <laughs> so to make a long story short, why I'm teaching this is because every single person that I would get to know, and I got to know my patients really well, I would observe that they, uh, they all had stories of ruptured attachments, of there was breakups, there was uh, divorce, and <clears throat> their, their chronic pains and their headaches and their jaw pain and their issues, the issues are in the tissues, but they don't start there. They usually start from arguments, from breakdowns in relationships. And so it wasn't until I myself, uh, after my divorce and several failed relationships later, had to become awakened to the fact that uh, I was stuck in a trauma bond. I didn't even know what that was. I just knew that I was in a, a really volatile situation with my former partner. It was kind of like each one after my divorce got worse. It's kind of like, ah, I'm going to get rid of this person. It's someone, someone there is better. And it just, it didn't get better. It just, the problems just got amplified. That's why when I read the book, The Truth by Neil Strauss, I could really relate, resonate because these relationship dynamics became so volatile, uh, you know, extreme ups, extreme downs. A trauma bond can be characterized as something that really feels like a heavy push-pull dynamic um, approach avoidance. Come close to me, get away from me. Um, hot and cold, highly addictive cycles, <clears throat> and I was in it and I couldn't get out. I, I mean, on paper, I look and I see, you know, God, what the hell was I even doing? Uh, we were highly abusive to one another. There was no respect for each other's boundaries. I would want space. She would encroach my space. You know, there was no, uh, 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 mirroring of one another. There was no attempt at empathizing with one another. Uh, things would get hot, highly volatile. And one of the, the blessings or curse, depending on your perspective of it, was that we had a really great tools and skills to repair. So we would repair, but still it didn't stop me from, from engaging in really volatile dynamics when we got triggered. And so things just got highly abusive to the point where, you know, as you, if you've heard my story before, got to the point where we all have, we all have to kind of wake up somehow. So my curiosity for you is like, what was your wake up call? You know, wake up calls happen in the form of a diagnosis, in the form of a, um, uh, illness in the form of financial collapse, in the form of volatility and violence or an affair, what was your wake-up call? For me, my wake-up call was that I actually slapped my my ex part, my former partner, and woke up. And this has never happened before in any relationship. It had happened previously in hers. Um, we went to a seminar one time, and um, in when when I, we were doing some healing work together, and uh, I sat in, and it was um, family constellations. I was trying to figure out why it was happening, why why this was happening. We promised, okay, we're gonna heal from this, this is not gonna happen again, and then boom, it would happen. We would get triggered, and then I just, we couldn't figure it out. So we went to this family constellations um, 
seminar recommended to me by, by my good friend, Dr. Russell Kennedy. He said, come, come to Victoria. Um, Mark Wolin, he's a genius. He does family constellations. Come check this out. And I basically, they, we all went in a circle and we said, hey, why are you here? And I said, I want to be, I'm here because I want to figure out how to heal this volatile dynamic between me and my partner. We were there together. We were really committed at the time to, to healing this and taking ownership and responsibility. And uh, she said something really kind of, it just kind of jolted me. And what she said was, she said, I want to find out why it is, is that um, it has, things have to get violent in my relationships for me to finally kind of get up and leave. Right. And so I was kind of like touched by that because it showed me that this is something that she's been struggling with. And it also helped validate me because I hadn't, it had never happened to me before. And so I was just like, how did this happen? How can I make sure it never happens again in my life? With, with any partner that I have, whether I'm with this person or somebody else, I don't ever want to reach that point again where, you know, what's going, like where I lose control of my senses and I completely get a wire tripped and then I, you know, I lose consciousness and I become somebody else, right? We've all had that experience, you know, um, if you're a mother or a father where you've lost it on your kid and you have this tremendous sense of guilt, you can always look back and go, geez, what the fuck did I do? I'll never do that again. But in the moment, what just happened, right? I had to figure that out. Viktor Frankl says this, there's a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, there's, we have the power to choose. And in that choice lies our power and our freedom. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially, I went all in to try to figure out how to expand the space between stimulus and response. <coughs> so the concept of trigger proof was born around that. So we both went to work on this and I discovered that when we get activated, trauma bonds are really good for this. Trauma bonds are, are, are caused by our unconscious desire to replicate what was incomplete in our childhood dynamics. So little Nima, the, the child inside of me, was perfect. No two people get together by accident. Let me say that again. No two people end up together by accident. So those people who keep saying things like, oh, I shouldn't, should have never gone together with that person. That's an incomplete awareness there. That's a judgment on a former self because you don't understand the nervous system, because you don't understand trauma bonds. Because once you do understand your nervous system and trauma bonds, you'll realize that no two people ever get together by accident. It's not by chance. We are pulled towards what's familiar. Our nervous systems are desperately seeking to resolve what's incomplete. We are bonded to our trauma from childhood. So we seek out partners and we're pulled towards partners that actually elicit familiarity. Familiar means like family. Look at the word familiar. Oh, you're so familiar. It's like I've known you all my life. It's love at first sight. It's something so familiar. I just feel like it just feels like being at home with you. It just feels like home being with you. Well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's actually like family because the things that are unresolved from the childhood parts, from the childlike parts of ourselves, our shadows, <coughs> excuse me, we seek to create resolution. So we form these trauma bonds as an attempt 
to get complete with what was incomplete from our childhood. And it ends up being extreme. That's why it feels so amazing when the makeup sex happens and you get together and it's like, oh, it's highly addictive because we are, we are addicted to the emotional cycles that keep happening. And the way that the trauma bond happens is you find a partner who mimics perfectly that child, that incomplete childhood pattern, usually with a, a mother who was a dead mother, emotionally dead mother. Why was she emotionally dead? She had addiction. She had mental illness. She wasn't able to give you the, uh, the ability to see and hear you and feel you. And so you find a partner who then, then you take on this role of what's called dual mothering. So what happens is the narcissist who plays the role, and, and these are just roles. I don't, I don't believe in labeling people, but I'm using the lingo that's out there. The narcissist who has a, who's uh, uh, as a result of their attachment trauma. That's where why we become narcissistic. Not talking about NPD. I'm talking. I'm talking about the response to uh, our childhood attachment wounds. Um, finds the the perfectly wounded, incomplete soul called the codependent, and says, "I'm gonna love you like your mother never did. Your mother didn't love you, didn't see you. I see you. I'm gonna love you like your mother never did, and I'm gonna." love bomb the shit out of you so you finally all of a sudden for the first time in your life feel a sense of love for yourself it's kind of like you know people say oh they they, they feel victimized by the love bombing how dare they and deep down they're sad that they miss it <clears throat> because that's the first time that the, the codependent really felt a sense of self-love you know it's like the only time i felt love was when this person was just love bombing the shit out of me i've even had people do comments on my posts and say, but I love, I love being love bombed. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> when we are insecure, when we have our insecure attachments and we don't know who we are and we feel a sense of patheticness and, and not enoughness to have somebody who has this grandiose kind of charming character come in and just love bomb the shit out of us and tell us how amazing we are. We are easy prey to love bombers and we can blame them and point the finger and say how dare they it's, oh my god it was such a love bomber and i can't believe i was victimized by it but the truth is you know when you truly know who you are and you love love yourself somebody love bombs you you can see right through it you know it's funny it's a, oh my god i'm an empath this person's a narcissist i'm an empath i'm blameless i'm innocent well sweetheart if you were an empath then you'd be able to know, you'd be able to see right through that person. So where was your magical, grandiose fucking empathy skills then for you to be able to see right through them? <laughs> it's not a real clinical entity. Actually, people who label themselves empaths, uh, I follow uh, really highly um, um, uh, published Psycho psychotherapists that that write about this stuff uh professor sam vaknin says empaths are closet nar uh, are covert narcissists it's actually a form of grandiosity one of my favorite quotes that i would see uh is uh i hate you know if empaths were truly empaths they would 
they would uh, know how much I really don't want to hear that, <laughs> hear them say that. Um, we all have, when we, we all have empathy, we all have the potential to have empathy, even narcissists that you blame for, for all of your woes, uh, they wouldn't be able to really attune to you and to be able to help, uh, to, to hook you in if they didn't have this keen sense of empathy. It's called cold empathy to be able to really zone in and hone in on, on your weak points, right? So often empaths are basically traumatized souls who had to become hypervigilantly preoccupied and, uh, and anticipate the needs of, uh, their caregivers to feel safe. That's a trauma response. And unfortunately, if we don't know how to boundary, we the truth of the matter is, um, if you haven't done your inner healing work beyond just talk therapy and, and, and found boundaries around that, then we bleed into other people and we become exhausted because we don't have an ability to boundary, to, 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 to create a fair exchange with people, uh, to not have to rescue other people. And so... This is where the foundation of the trauma bond begins is, is two traumatized souls who are incomplete, looking for completion from their childhood with one another. So the love bombing phase begins and the trauma bond begins with the moment where this dual mothering, this deal that's strike, strike, stricken by the, um, by the narcissist says, I'm going to be the mother that you never had. And in exchange, you're going to do the same to me. You're going to be the mother that I never had. And how am I going to test you to see if you're going to be my mother? I'm going to treat you like absolute shit. I'm going to devalue you and discard you. And you're going to prove to me that you're going to still be there because a true mother never leaves her child, no matter how misbehaved, how badly behaved they are. And the trauma bond begins. Why am I at t talking to you about, why do I go into history? Because if you want to end it, you want to see the end of something, you want to dismantle and put it something to an end, then we have to go back into the history and find out how it began. This is how I did it. I figured this out and I was able to break free from that trauma bond and create a secure relationship. That's really the outcome of the work, of doing the inner work is not to blame, not to shift blame, or we got to get re remove blame and take responsibility. Remove the word fault and blame from, from your vocabulary because people think I victim blame a lot, that I'm blaming the victim. What about, what about them? What to hold them accountable? No, I'm talking to people who are actually interested in healing. Some people claim they are. They're like, I'm here to heal. But then when it comes down to it, they're not really willing to do the work. You know, this is great. Clubhouse is great. Uh, YouTube videos, Facebook lives, fantastic. But that's not the real work. It's kind of like saying, I want to learn how to have a black belt in karate, but I'm just going to watch videos and how to do it. It's not going to happen. You have to, you actually got to show up on the mat and you got to put your body through it. And that's the distinction between doing the work and being on the sidelines, just kind of like listening to it. And, 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 uh, getting a black belt involves, you know, sometimes kicking boards and, and, and taking punches, which is painful. So it's not a painless journey. It's messy. And very few people are willing to step up and do it because, 
because it's it feels too scary and it's safer to just emotionally dump our side of the story. And so this conversation is specifically for people who are actually keen on healing, on breaking the cycle so that they don't pass this on to children. This is who I really want to speak to. Majority of people are just kind of like out oh, scrolling and finding it entertaining and that's fine. I'm speaking to you if you're actually uh, ready to break the cycle. This is really what it's about. So once we find this beginning, where does the trauma bond begin? The trauma bond begins with the abrupt transition from the love bombing phase to the dis devaluation and discard phase. And the codependent is left there wondering what the fuck what is it going to take to have those magical moments back? And we become, they become addicted to the love bombing phase. And we just keep waiting and settling for breadcrumbs. This is where breadcrumbs come. Because, and you go, oh, he breadcrumbed me. Okay, great. I, I see that and I understand why they do that. It's part of the... Uh, kind of like, oh, you might want to, you might wonder why, why does that happen? Why do they devalue and discard? The narcissist be, has become a narcissist as a solution to their trauma of not feeling seen and heard. But the, the child, the child was not allowed, often due to a, uh, a narcissistic mother because of trauma, was not um, allowed to individuate wasn't was was you know was was told they're not allowed to be on their own was uh devalued was was held back wasn't seen or heard so deep down they're emotionally entangled with their mother that's why you end up being their mother and you're like why don't, why I don't want to be this person's mother you know and this is because there's this desire to complete with mother and yet individuate with mother so from the get-go, this is how I would show up, by the way. I, was, I played the role of the narcissist in, in pre, after my heartbreak when I was 18, um, when I was uh, in, you know, dating, began dating, and I was the codependent. As soon as I had my heart broken, whew, I shifted and I became the role of the narcissist in every one of my relationships after that, including my marriage. And deep down, I knew, even when I got married the first time, I was like, I'm going to leave her. I just, I, it was weird. I remember on my wedding day going, I'm going to, someday I'm going to lose love and I'm going to leave her. I don't know. I didn't understand why. I didn't do it on purpose. But after I went back and I did my inner healing work, I realized the narcissist is looking to individuate from mom. So there, it's a dual mothering going on, but deep down, there's a deep desire for individuation to break free from mother, i.e. you. So that's why there is this, this love bombing to get you hooked and then devaluing and then discarding. What he's doing is he's discarding mom. He's getting back at his mother or she is getting back at her mother because it works 50-50. I'm just sharing with you the, 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 the trauma bond kind of cycle. And then what happens is if you wake up and then do your own work and step up and leave because you're a healthy person, all of a sudden their abandonment wound gets triggered and then they want you back. Oh my You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is 
nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. God, come back. I made a mistake. Oh. And then you go back and then the whole cycle begins. Love bombing, love bombing to get you back, dis devalue and then discard. This is the same as the abuse cycle. It's all a cycle and it's nobody's fault. We're not blaming anybody. In order to heal, we got to throw the blame game away. So I wonder if this is resonating for anybody. The reason why I give you this backstory is because in order for you to heal, we have to understand the mechanism so that we can walk into this conversation without guilt, without shame, without pointing fingers, without blame, blaming them, blaming you. The narcissist, guys, the narcissist, nar these narc abuse survivor groups. I'm a survivor from a narcissistic abuse. Oftentimes these groups are filled with covert narcissists that are preying on your anger right? And they want to keep you stuck in victimhood and they haven't healed their own wounds. And so you got to make sure you're careful who it is that you're seeking um, guidance from because no one can rescue you but you. However, you want to make sure that the person that you're choosing to help guide you through breaking free from this trauma bond is actually a demonstrable evidence in their own life of actually going from codependency to creating a secure relationship. You know, I, I, I see some, um, some coaches and stuff, codependency coaches and love, love, love doctor coaches. And I'm like, so how are your relationship? They're not able to sustain and hold down a relationship. You know, not that they don't have something valuable to share. I'm just saying that we as teachers, as guides can only guide you to where we've been. So you want to make sure that you're, um, taking guidance from somebody whose life is kind of demonstrating evidence of progress and healing and ownership and transparency and integrity and authenticity. I can't say that I've always been in integrity with what I was teaching, but that was my wake up call. And so I became kind of obsessed with learning the fundamentals of how somebody intelligent like me could find myself in a relationship with somebody who is a, a madam, a former sex worker, uh, you know, I was a Sunday school teacher. How is it that I was pulled into this dynamic and let somebody like that run my company and we both got into this volatile dynamic to the point where the police were involved, right? And so a lot of healing, a lot of tears, a lot of growth, a lot of taking ownership, taking full responsibility. This isn't about blame. You know, the one that, the one, if you want a secure relationship, you gotta, you gotta take responsibility of how you got there. And people hate that word because people equate responsibility to blame. And once you really understand the cycles of where this began, 
you know, and I look at my, I look at how I showed up in my last relationship. I got to really own that this was kind of like a replica of my parents' relationship dynamic. And I didn't kind of connect with my ex just by chance. It was a perfectly designed um, union to expose what was unloved within me, these shadows, the inner child inside of me. And so we all have this. Um, the first half of life, according to John, um, uh, Richard Hollis, who's one of my favorite Jungian psychotherapists that I follow, says the first half of life is a giant mistake. <laughs> it's true. We're completely unconscious that these complexes are running our lives. I didn't know until I learned how to get out of my head and get into my body and do the and put together these five pillars that was necessary to break the cycle of this trauma bonded pattern and then create a relationship that feels secure and for the first time in my life to be able to be a dad dad of a 21 month old in the recording of this uh transmission so um i never thought that that was possible i thought i hated kids turned out i hated the child inside of me i had abandoned him a long time ago so all of the trainings that we have in our cycle breakers portal and uh, uh collective community is about helping people actually gain tools not to rescue people from their trauma bonds, but to help give tools to dismantle the root cause of their trauma bonds, which is not your fault. There's nobody's fault. This isn't about victim blaming. This isn't about, you know, being abusive to victims and all. No, 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 nobody's fault. Um, it's terrible what happened. And now what? What do you want? You want to create secure relationships? Okay, great. So I want to share with you two <clears throat> excuses that I found myself making that if I, when I share it, I hope you, you're able to see yourself in it as one of the signs that you're stuck in a trauma bond and work needs to be done. Um, if anything that I shared resonates with you, please let me know. Send me a DM, give me your backstory. Tell me, you know, what resonated the most with you, even in the, in the, uh, comment section, I'd love to hear it. Um, where are you from? And, <clears throat> And what, what, what would you love to hear? You know, what more would you love to hear? What questions do you have? But I wanted to share a couple of excuses that we, that are common in trauma bonded patterns that excuses for sure that I made. Um, but maybe you can see yourself in it so that maybe you can wake up and take on the healing work beyond talk therapy. Healing work isn't just going to a therapist and telling your story every week. To heal, we must go beneath the level of the story and go into the uh, narrative that's in the nervous system. And a lot of people who aren't trauma-informed, you're definitely your psych psychiatrist, doesn't, unless they've had somatic experiencing training, unless they've done attachment theory work and understand the polyvagal theory, there's no way that they have access to it because once you learn this, you realize nobody can rescue you. These are tools tools that we can learn. Secure relationship is a skill. It's like learning how to play the piano. You're going to suck at it at first. I sucked at first. I'm still getting better at it. It's a it's a it's a it's work for life. Healing our traumas actually make us healthier. Create safety in our bodies. Uh, change the way our, our nervous systems function and our digestive system improves, our thyroid, our hormonal system, chronic pain, Lyme disease, you name it, we see it all. And everybody improves because 
we're dealing with the neuroscience of creating safety in the body. When you create safety in the body, homeostasis results, you're safer, the, the body heals, and we're less reactive. And when you really learn the skills, when you master this overview method, what happens is people will trigger you in trauma bonds because trauma bonds are highly uh, susceptible to emotional flashbacks from childhood. It's like living with your mother or father. It's exactly what it is. What do you do with that when it shows up? Do you dissociate? Do you check out? Do you freeze? These are trauma responses. So talking about them aren't going to change your fight or flight or freeze response, but learning how to be an active operator of your nervous system definitely will. And that's why I love teaching the overview method because it's literally the manual, the meat suit manual for your body so that you learn how to deal with these emotional flashbacks. You become emotionally literate. You're able to contain emotions like fear, contain emotions like shame, <clears throat> contain emotions like guilt. Codependency in trauma bonds, one of the hallmarks of codependency is a complete zero capacity to contain guilt. Because we can't contain guilt, we're going to stay a lot longer than we should, right? It's, not, it's because, oh my God, I, I can't say no. I have no boundaries. It's not that you don't have boundaries. It's that your nervous system has zero capacity to hold and contain guilt. Because saying no to somebody, you can say the words no, but the result of you saying no and setting a boundary elicits massive amount of guilt and shame in your body. And you don't, you don't like that. You don't know how to hold that in. And you'd rather just say yes and get sick than to actually feel guilt. <laughs> and that is the link between chronic pain, chronic illness, and these unresolved emotions and codependency. So we like, we tr it's like, can you help me move, Nima? Because I don't know how to contain guilt, because it evokes toxic shame, I don't wanna be a bad person. I'm like, sure, yeah, I will. And then I go, even though I'm exhausted from a, work, a week of work, I'll say yes, because I, I'm too afraid to say no and feel guilt. Then I go and then I injure myself. So my body says no. And that's why Gabor Mate's book is called When the Body Says No, The Cost of Hidden Stress. So your nervous system, your body is literally speaking up for you when you don't know how to speak up for yourself because of these unresolved attachment wounds. And I absolutely love the courageous cycle breakers who own up to the fact that shit, this is a learned conditioned pattern from my childhood. And I'm, they raise their hand up and they say, I'm ready to break the cycle because nothing else ever will. No doctor is coming to rescue you. The work becomes yours to rescue the child inside of you. It's wiser to look for a guide rather than a hero to come and save you. Or this damsel in distress looking for the knight in shining armor. That knight in shining armor ends up becoming your abuser, right? Because the rescuer always ends up being the perpetrator. So what are two excuses that you'll catch yourself making? Uh, the first one that I wanted to share that I was making constantly was... It's better, better than being alone. So I'm just putting that in quotes. And those of you who are on, um, those of you who are actually on, what's it called? Uh, Clubhouse. If you jump on um, Facebook, 
my group Trigger Proof. You can actually watch this live uh, transmission. You can see the video of it. I'm broadcasting both live and, and recording this for my podcast as well. So if you've ever caught yourself going, geez, you know what? This relationship fucking sucks, but you know, it's better than being alone. This paralyzing fear of loneliness kept me <clears throat> in an unhealthy dynamic for I think it was about three years longer than I would than it would have had I done my nervous system healing work, had I done my true attachment trauma healing work. Um, I, re I remember it was 18 years old when I started dating and I had a girlfriend and here I am. I realized that the big culprit was, holy shit, I haven't been alone since I was before 18. Like every girlfriend or even wife <clears throat> after I divorced, I had somebody literally on the wings, on the sidelines, just waiting. Why? Because there's no fucking way I was going to be alone. Why? Because I was way too insecure because I didn't love myself. So if you've ever caught yourself saying, you know what, this relationship sucks, but hey, you know what, it's better than being alone, that's one of the excuses of a trauma-bonded relationship. Let me know if you've ever caught yourself saying that or you know somebody in that situation. That's a good telltale sign that you're staying a lot longer. I don't like to use the word should, but you're staying longer because there's parts of you that haven't healed. And that's when it's critical if you want to you know stop the train from you know moving into surefire collapse or you can wait till a wake-up call happens your call i'm not going to judge because i waited for a wake-up call but i'm talking to, about people who are willing to break the cycle it's better than being alone is a good call to action for you the second one that i'm going to invite you to look at is i know i should leave but you know what i've been with this person long enough I'm too invested. I'm invested. I'm too invested in this person. I'm pot committed. I'm invested. I've invested this much time. I'm invested in all of this. I'm so invested in this. So I'm just going to stay another five more years and then wait for things to deteriorate. So it just, and the cool part about this is if you take on the healing work, you never know. Um, things could magically shift because a rising tide lifts all boats. A rising tide lifts all boats. When you, most people are like, I want to do the work, but what if they don't? And I don't want them, I don't want to do it if they're not going to do it. I'll do it if they do it. And that's kind of like saying, you know what? I don't want to lose weight unless my partner's losing weight with me. They don't. This is about your health and well-being. This isn't about the relationship. This is all 100% about the relationship with you. And so <clears throat> trauma bonds are like sometimes deadly. Um, they're, they're a nightmare to live through. <coughs> People, this is the root cause of often your anxiety and your depression and suicide and health issues and digestive issues, you can trace it back to trauma bonds that are not healed. And so my invitation is, um, I can see several people here in, in Clubhouse and some of your names, I recognize you're coming to 
the overview experience coming up this weekend. I really can't wait. The invitation for, for anybody who, if you're listening and you're actually like, shit, this is really landing. It's landing hard. It's painful. You might have even evoked some tears. If you've ha been triggered by this conversation, it's not, um, it doesn't mean anything bad about you. It just means that this is speaking to you. Parts of you are, 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 are seeking um, resolution. So you either turn this off and ignore it or you take action. And change is very painful. There's a cycle of change by Prochaska and Di Clemente. And so I want, I want to kind of go through the stages of change. If you want to heal from trauma bonds, I'm going to share with you how it happens in, in terms of the cycle of change by Prochaska and Di Clemente, who are, psycho, who are researchers about change. What, what is it? How do I change this? How do I fix this? Well, first of all, there's no way to fix this by yourself because we have blind spots. We can't, we can't see it's like the the the, may, the 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 mayonnaise jar can't be read from inside, you know. The the label can't be read when you're inside. We do require community, you know. What does it take? Well, it takes mastery of the autonomic nervous system. It takes uh, clearing of past resentments and regrets. It takes mastering the dance of learning how to integrate our shadows, including our inner child. Uh, whenever they get triggered, every time you get triggered by someone, it's your shadow, it's your own shadow getting triggered. It becomes a skill to master in how to take that shadow and integrate it instead of reacting. To expand that space between stimulus and response and really love the parts of you that you've been kind of pushing away. That's a skill nobody teaches us in school. I didn't know how to do it. And psychotherapy and talk therapy doesn't address it. Cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't address it. What happens in the moment when you get activated, when you have a flashback, when the childhood wounding, anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. What are you going to do about it? Do you react or have you learned to respond? And anger management therapy doesn't actually work. I tried all of it and this was it. I put together this model. So dancing with that dark passenger is, is the third pillar. And then learning how to empathically communicate with these younger parts that we judge, we abandon, we blame, we shame. Learning a new language to, to speak to ourselves and others is critical if we want to create a secure container, a safe container of a, a secure relationship. And the last part is commitment and community. We do require community. We can't heal in isolation. We Our nervous systems have a social engagement uh, system in our um, autonomic system that requires kind of being seen. But the problem is, the obstacle is, the last thing we want is to be seen. So it takes courage. Trauma bonds are not healed uh, without addressing fear. So it takes courage to change. And the cycle of change begins in stages. And the first stage is called pre-contemplation, where you, you know, I could see some of your faces here on... Uh, on uh, trauma bonds and codependent on the uh, clubhouse and many of you are just like no intention of changing your behavior this is the pre-contemplation phase if you've been following me for a while you've watched some of my youtube videos by the way i highly recommend you watch how to heal a trauma bond in six months it's on youtube make sure you follow up with that video uh, how to heal a trauma bond in six months uh, or can codependency be healed both both are on YouTube, search my name, and they're there as well for you. Uh, the next phase, and those people who are, you know, uh, 
testimonials and uh, success stories went through these phases. The first one was pre-contemplation where it's like, eh, no intention of changing. And then all of a sudden you listen to this clubhouse chat or you Facebook live or YouTube video and you're like, hmm, now you're a contemplation. You go into the next phase where you're like, you're aware that the problem exists, but you really haven't taken any commitment, right? Then there's a few other people. Then there's a smaller number of people who are like, shit, I can't have my children growing up in this. I got to do something about it. And this is where preparation comes in. And you start to have an intent on taking action to address this problem. These are the people that DM me. They're like, help. What do I want to do? Help, help. I, I need your help. And after my, you know, my, my transmissions, I really appreciate people messaging me, letting me know what spoke to you, made you cry or whatever. That's cool. Wasn't my intention to hurt you. It was my intention to wake you up. And that's where you're like, help, what do I do? This is the people who have intention on taking action. And this is the preparation phase. So we have pre-contemplation, then your contemplation, then you might be in a place where your preparation. The next phase is the only way to change is you got to take action. If you hit, you know, leave the meeting after this and you take zero action, where do you think you're going to be six months from now? In the exact same place, guaranteed. So taking action is, boom, sign up for something, do something, take some sort of action, say, hey, I need some guidance on this. For those people who are actually ready to change and become cycle breakers, I'm going to leave a link there. Or for those of you who are on Clubhouse, um, on my Instagram, if you go on to and search my Instagram, which is the, there's a kind of like a icon there for my Instagram page, after you follow me and do the uh, attachment style quiz, which is in the link in my bio, there's a link for the overview experience that's coming up on Saturday. Taking action, saying, all right, I'm gonna open up six hours and I'm gonna go all in and figure this out. I take you on that journey. And that's where the next stage is maintenance. You start getting, receiving help, receiving guidance, doing the work. And that's where you have maintenance and you have a sustained change and you start seeing something magical happening. And then, or you might even happen, it might even happen right after you sign up. This happens a lot, which is called relapse. You fall back into old patterns. So, so here's the key, pre-contemplation, no intention of changing. Then there's contemplation where you have an awareness that there's a problem, but you don't really have a commitment to action. Then preparation, you're like, all right, DMing me and saying, all right, what do I got to do? Then action, boom, registering and saying, I'm set up. I'm going to do something about it. Then you might have a relapse. You might have the anxiety, you might experience panic, but that's a necessary part of change. A lot of people fail because they stop there. They're like, oh my God, I had a relapse. I'm giving up. No, you, what you got to get is every relapse is more like a spiral, upward spiral, where you're learning from every relapse because who you are in each relapse is a more advanced version. And the rebound happens a lot faster. That's the key to healing from our addictions. By the way, trauma bond is an addiction. It's the same thing. We're all addicts in recovery from our traumas. And to heal that, it requires us going through many relapses and just being willing to change our relationship to the fear, our relationship to the judgment.
And so that's my invitation. I know some of you, I can see your faces here. You're already uh, signed up for the weekend. And I'm really excited because uh, what we do is um, the person that you're in conflict with, I'm going to start off with this really powerful letter that you write. And we take you through an exercise where we untangle the drama triangle, finding where you're the victim, where you're the perpetrator, where you're the rescuer, dismantling that entire drama triangle and owning your part in it, not taking blame, but responsibility. And where you had a victim story about the, the, the relationship, you now find power where you didn't have it. And what happens is as a result of doing the work, you step up and either that other person steps up with you or you have the courage to go, you know what, this isn't working for me and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tolerate anything other, less than the beautiful treatment that I'm giving myself. Because if, because we, 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 nobody gets together by chance and we teach others how to treat us by the way that we treat ourselves. And so um, the only way to heal is by taking this on as though your child is sick and you're gonna put, your, you would go all in with, with helping them, wouldn't you? But what about the child inside of you? And truth be told, your children's lives are at stake. And that's why I do this work continuously. It's a work in progress because the more I heal from my traumas, the safer that I create a relationship with my wife because the relationship with mother is so important, then my son has a secure attachment. And I don't care if you're a grandmother, it's never too late. It's never too late to break the cycle. So I'm gonna invite anybody who has any questions up if they have anything that they'd like to ask or come up on stage, this would be a great chance. Hopefully this resonated. I haven't, um, uh, I haven't uh, read any of these in the chats. Boy, this is interesting. Yes, there's a total, uh, Joyce says there's a codependency, there's a connection between my codependency and fibromyalgia. Absolutely. The cl clients that work with us in our Cycle Breakers community, as they break free from their attachment wounds and they heal their attachment wounds, their bodies heal. So there's definitely a link between chronic pain, chronic illness, and your codependency. 100%, that's why it's so frustrating. You go to a doctor, no doctor can figure it out because none of their tools actually uh, work. Love that I can see through people. Freaked me out when I did. Cool. Uh, I want to heal. I'm terrified, but I'm ready to break the cycle. Toby, that's awesome. People say that, and one of the things that you got to look out for in healing trauma, in trauma healing work is that, uh, you know how people, you know, people talk a lot? Uh, the question is, are you willing to take action? And so one of the frustrating things that happen in, in our trauma-bonded relationships when the, the person says, I promise I'm going to do it. I promise. I promise, right? And then what happens? They don't take action. So literally every single person, uh, and Toby, I'm not calling you out specifically. I'm just saying I've done these for the past several years. How many, guess how many times people who say and write down, I want to heal the cycle, but I'm ready to break the cycle. Guess how many of those people actually end up taking action? zero. <laughs> it's the people who are quiet that take action because they realize it's not a picnic. It's not fun, but the freedom on the other side of it is worth it. It's scary, um, but change is scary because we're so bonded to the trauma, right? Who would I be without that identity, 
right? So I'm not trying to make you wrong. Um, Kim Howie, yes, you're one of those people. I'm gonna, we're gonna see you on on the weekend. I really appreciate uh, your story. She, Kim, just messaged me this beautiful story yesterday, saying I'm ready. This is what's going on. I'm done. Like, what do I got to do? I'm I'm ready. Like, just shut up and just like let's do this. It's like okay, that person's a cycle breaker. She was not like talking about it. It's very common in trauma work is people say, I'm so ready to break the cycle. And then all of a sudden their relapse shows up when they go to do the application or they go to register. The link is there. They go to the register and all of a sudden the obstacle shows up. And then they're like, uh, I, I know I said I was ready, but uh, here are all of the excuses that have held me back all along. I'm this, I'm that, this is my old identity. And here's the thing, the reason why we can't is the reason why we must. I can't because I'm a single mom. Well, you, you must because you're a single mom, you know? And so it's just the invitation is for you to really lean into the discomfort and do it. Wow, I'm so blown away right now. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Toby, uh, cool, I'm, I'm reading all of this invested damn it uh been trying to find the word to describe and feeling paralyzed my boat is already lifting awesome kim this is what happened kim registered for the overview uh experience that's coming up on the on the weekend and the second you take action your nervous system shifts it's scary but you start to move from that freeze-like state to fear into sympathetic energy, fight or flight, which is activating. There's movement. It's like, yes, I'm choosing. And yes, there's gonna be relapses, but that's part of the part of the gig. I didn't just get here overnight without, you know, stumbling, right? Um, perfect, perfect. Uh, yes, beautiful room. Thank you. Any questions? Thanks for your chats and your um, your participation. Oh, we have somebody who got time for one question. Okay, sure. Awesome. Come on up, sure, and, and uh, go for it. Let's hear your question. Sure? Sure? <laughs> Toby, there you are. Yeah, there I am. Yeah. What's um, up, sister? Hi, how you doing? Welcome. What's your question? Uh, my question is uh, with the trauma bond from childhood. Yes. Um, now, my husband has trauma bond from... Mm -hmm childhood yes and we were like oh we're never gonna do that with our kids yeah and and that. yada 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 <laughs> yeah um, famous last words <laughs> yeah it lasted for you know the first week or what have you um but uh i want i i i have this plight or fight in me right now thinking about making these changes yes exactly um as far as he goes yeah how would you how would you present it to him well here's the thing how would i present it to him what's the outcome that you want what is yeah. what is it that you're looking for What's what the outcome that you're looking for? Is um, uh, more co-parenting, mm -hmm. um, more um, communication, right? On whatever, right, right. So here's the thing: healing is a very personal thing. In an ideal yeah. world, your husband will be on board, but if you <laughs> haven't had that relationship in the past, to expect him to do it uh, and, and face his shadows 
is a bit of a mm. fantasy without you doing it first, right? And so yeah. how would I do it is it's kind of like, how would you uh, in, inspire somebody to lose? How would you get somebody? Oh, sorry, hold on one second here. How would you get somebody to lose weight? You well, would go on. You would do the fucking work. Yes. You would do the fucking Absolutely. work and you would g gain so much energy and your life would absolutely demonstrable evidence of unrecognizability to the point where people are like, oh my God, Toby, what have you done? Well, I did this, 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 and this, and my life has completely changed. Well, you've inspired me. I want to do it too. It's got to come from within, Toby. And one in of the here, biggest yeah, things that here. codependent people say is, yeah, but my husband, yeah, but my wife, right. what, what? And I'm like, shut the heck up about them. <laughs> All right. Stop fantasizing yeah. that they're going to do the work for you. And you're, no, this is your job I, to do it. And yeah. so this is your journey and you want somebody else to do it. Become the example because a rising tide lifts all boats. And yeah, there's a good that. chance that you're not going to do it. <laughs> um, don't say that. Well, well, I mean, um, I mean, I mean, I, I'd love house. for you to prove me wrong, but I've done so many rooms and I can actually right. feel it. Can the, it. I can read a person and the person who's really committed doesn't have kind of like, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Elated energy. They're like, I got to do this. There's this okay, somber, okay. there's this somber kind of realization that says, I'm doing it. I I'm, have I'm, to. I, I have there's, to. Like, like, there's nothing else like, in my life. If I don't do it, like the, the question you want to ask is if I don't take this on, what will yeah. be the income? What will be the outcome? What will, what will it, what happens then? Right. And so because yeah. it's so scary and it's not, you know, yeah. easy uh, and mm -hmm. and, you know, it takes resources, emotional resources. It takes you investing in yourself to receive guidance. Mm -hmm. You can't do it from just watching a clubhouse, listen to each clubhouse <laughs> chat or a video. You got to actually show up and you got to commit. It's kind of okay. like doing a university course. You got to actually do it. It's like going back to school. You yeah, got to be you got to cool. be you got to be all in. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so um, the person who's truly committed has this determination that even mm -hmm. though it's difficult, I'm doing it because not doing it is so painful mm. that it's yeah. it's it, the, that the pain of the unknown in doing it is better yes. than the, the pain of me staying where I'm at. And those right. are the only people who actually do it. Right. It's less painful to jump to the abyss. Right. Exactly. And, and so if you're comfortable no and you're bubbly, happen. then you're probably going to stay where you're at until you get a wake up call. Uh, and the wake up call might be, you know, having a kid all of a sudden start getting panic attacks and you're like, shit, I used to get them or they get bullied or yeah. or yeah, we're, they we're will start now. having suicidal ideation and you're like, oh, crap. And then you and then still that they'll still avoid it. They'll still go. Maybe I got to send them to a shrink rather than looking not to take blame, but to go, you know, where in my experience ha, ha, is this coming up, right? So it's not about yeah. the child in front of you, it's about the kid inside of you. And so once you heal with those parts, all of a sudden, you, especially as the mother, if you look right. back at your life, you know, you saw that the your mother's mm. mood and her, her, her way of being impacted yeah. the entire family. Well, guess what? You're the same thing. You're the same way. 
And so yeah. that's why I love supporting moms because you're the cornerstone oh, yeah. of breaking and, the and cycle. It, it kept going and going and going. Yeah. And from Long Island up to Pennsylvania and they moved up to Jersey. Yeah. And they came down to visit my parents. Yeah. And all of a sudden my mother is not speaking to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, uh, nobody will tell me why. I'm like, oh my gosh, because we didn't come on Christmas. We didn't say we we're coming on Christmas. Okay. So, well, there's some, uh, there's some the family time. dynamics there that are un, 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 unresolved and that's yeah. our work to do and learning <laughs> heal, to heal relationships is a skill. And so those of you, thank you so much for sharing. Um, those of you who haven't yet grabbed my, um, attachment style quiz, make sure you do that. Send me a DM with your backstory and let me know uh, what spoke to you. And those of you who are like committed to change, let me know. And I look forward to seeing those of you who are actually, I can see your faces. I'm going to see you at the overview experience to get you started. Uh, yeah, Kim says, I haven't felt this excited in three years, just knowing that the answers are finally coming. And Kim, it's true. The answers are coming, but the answers are inside of you. They're not coming from me, but I will be your guide, Kim, as the starting point. This is kind of like base camp where we climb and you get to understand yourself from a completely different perspective. And many people feel like it's doing 10 years of therapy in a matter of six hours. So I'm just as excited as you are, Kim, uh, about sharing it with you. So I really look forward to that and looking forward to your comments and questions and we'll see you at the next perfect time. <laughs>